Welcome to Seeking Scripture Deep Diving Bible Study. I'm Christy Jordan, and I want to help you develop a firsthand relationship with the whole Word of God. For links and graphics mentioned in my podcast, please visit the corresponding post on SeekingScripture.com. May Yahweh bless the reading of His Word. Good morning, siblings. Today we finish up the book of Isaiah. Today's readings are Isaiah chapter 64 through 66. Rabbit trails. Ready or not, here we go. We finish Isaiah today and it goes out like fireworks. I think much of what we read in today's chapters will remain with us as we revisit and continue to digest the depth of it for years to come and hopefully read it many more times. Remember that the Father has clearly laid out in the past several days' readings who He considers to be Israel. Isaiah is a continual book, and as such, we are still in that story as we finish up today. We are going to continue reading prophecy that, although not completely fulfilled, we can clearly see being fulfilled to an extent in our time. Will it be fulfilled completely in our time? We'll have to wait and see. But there are very important lessons and reinforcements from the Father in today's writings. Today, we will also learn some things about our future behavior as followers of Yahweh that may surprise you. Think back to all we've read so far leading up to this. Notice how many concepts and commandments the Father has repeated to us and how many examples He has shown us of what happens when we disregard His instructions. Chapter 64 begins with a beautiful cry of longing for the Father from His people. Their longing turns to guilt as they consider all of the mercy the Father has had to show them as a result of their actions. Cries of guilt turn to pleas for mercy as we see another reference to the potter and his clay in Isaiah 64.8. But before you read that, I want to recall in Isaiah 45.9 we read, Woe to him who strives with him who formed him, a pot among earthen pots. Does the clay say to him who forms it, What are you making? Or your work has no handles. And in Isaiah 29, 16, we saw, You turn things upside down. Shall the potter be regarded as the clay? In both of these passages, the clay is questioning the potter. The father himself says, They have turned things upside down in their way of thinking. Once they cry out for mercy, we see in Isaiah 64, 8, a beautiful spirit of repentance. And at last, the clay is in its proper place. But now, Yahweh, you are our father. We are the clay. You are our potter. We are all the work of your hand. That's Isaiah 64, 8. The spirit of the people who would question him now returns to him and places themselves humbly in his hand. As we move into Isaiah 65, we see the Father, in his time, is now ready to bring judgment upon those he determines, and salvation to those he determines. It is heartbreaking to read, but important to take note of who is being judged and why. He begins in Isaiah 65.1 by saying, I was ready to be sought by those who did not ask for me. I was ready to be found by those who did not seek me. I said, here I am. Here I am. I was ready. I was ready. 
to be sought by those who did not ask for me, to be found by those who did not seek me in his time. This, to me, reads like the epic beginning. The Father is ready to reveal himself to those who would deny him. This chapter describes those people. Isaiah 65 verses 2 through 9 reads, I spread out my hands all the day to a rebellious people who walk in a way that is not good, following their own devices, a people who provoke me to my face continually, sacrificing in gardens and making offerings on bricks, who sit in tombs and spend the night in secret places, who eat pig's flesh and a broth of tainted meat is in their vessels, who say, keep to yourself, do not come near me, for I am too holy for you. Now, if you are listening to this, you need to check out this post online because I have cross-references that I've footnoted in this verse to show you what they reference. One cross-reference is Proverbs one twenty four, another is Isaiah 55.8, another is Leviticus 11, and finally, Matthew 9.11, Luke 7.39, Luke 18.9, and Proverbs 30.12. This is a very important verse with all these cross-references, so you want to check it out. He goes on to reiterate his promise that he will preserve his remnant, those who walk in his ways and according to his word. He has always promised this, and Malachi 3.6 should be at the forefront of our minds whenever we consider him. Malachi 3.6, of course, reads, I am Yahweh, I do not change. Side note, look at the grace in Isaiah 65.16. Now, then, as further proof, this chapter is a reference to a future event. We see him create a new heaven and a new earth, beginning in verse 17. Can you feel the joy, peace, and relief? My heart was leaping in excitement as I read these verses. Do you see the importance the Father places continually on Sabbath? Did the prophetic verses about pig's flesh surprise you? Make sure to read them in context, which is reading the verses both before and after, to get the full impact and implication. Isaiah 66 quickly moves into a grim reminder to those who choose their own ways. Even their sacrifices before Yahweh are seen as detestable because of the state of their hearts. He tells us in Isaiah 66 3, These have chosen their own ways, and their soul delights in their abomination. These previous cross-references will also lend some understanding into this mindset, I think, especially if you read them in order. Those are Matthew 9-11, Luke 7-39, Luke 18-9, and Proverbs 30-12. These are folks viewed as pious people, God-fearers in the eyes of the world. But he sees their hearts and that they do not truly hold him in authority or seek to obey him. They're just going through the motions, perhaps following him according to the world, but not according to his word. Isaiah 66.5 reminds us that we have to be so diligent to make sure we don't get distracted and start following men and their doctrines, thinking they are the fathers. And y'all, that is so easy to do. That is why I work so hard to keep the Bible as my first source and not get in the habit of relying on a particular teacher or ministry or extra biblical books. They can possibly be helpful in addition to the Bible, but they can also quickly make things so easy that we begin to use them in place of the Bible. In a little doctrine here, 
a little opinion there, and before you know it, we've been taught doctrines of men as if they were commandments, just as Messiah accused the Pharisees in their time. See Matthew 15.9. Note, if those same Pharisees were around today, they would be best-selling authors, TV stars, and have megachurches. They would be wildly successful. The world loves a Pharisee. The Father loves one who seeks Him. And there is no such thing as a second-hand relationship with a Father. We end with more information on the final judgment beginning in chapter 65. It is heartbreaking to read, but important to take note of who is being judged and why. As we conclude Isaiah, we are left with a firmer grasp on our identity as a people, who we belong to, and the process with which we have been adopted as part of his chosen people. We have warnings to seriously consider and promises of hope to hold tightly to. The Father has richly blessed us by giving us such an abundance of wisdom in His Word. May we take it to heart, or better yet, take it deeper still, to soul. Rock Hazak. Test everything. Hold tight to what is good. 1 Thessalonians 5.21 We are saved by grace alone. Obedience is not the root of our salvation, but it is the fruit. May Yahweh bless the reading of His Word. I love y'all. Bye-bye.